all ninjas. Calling all ninjas. It's time for Lime Ninja Radio. Today on Lime Ninja Radio. Hello and welcome to a special episode of Lime Ninja Radio. I'm your host, McKay Rippey. And if everything is going to plan, I am on the beach in Thailand. Resting and recovering, recuperating, recharging, and getting ready to come back invigorated for an awesome 2019. While I'm gone, we've decided to pull up a series of episodes around the theme of the ketogenic diet. The keto diet is such a hot topic these days and lots of people with Lyme disease are giving it a try. And there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. For this episode, we've interviewed Maria Emmerich. She has some amazing keto cookbooks out there that have great information on the forwards as well. We use these cookbooks at home. We love the recipes. She's tested them out with her children. I've tested out on my children and they're really good. So enjoy this episode with keto expert Maria Emmerich. Hi there, it's McKay Rippey from Lime Ninja Radio. Hi McKay, it's Maria, how are you? Very, very well. Awesome. Well, thank you for being so flexible with uh, moving the time. You know what's so funny? Yesterday it actually started raining and today it's it's all sunny out. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, go figure, but I'm I'm sitting outside, so hopefully uh, it's it's not windy, it's nice and quiet, so hopefully that doesn't bother you, otherwise I can go in. No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to reschedule? Can you grab your kayak and go? No, I am totally good. I am ready. Um, no, this is this is awesome. I'm I'm just grateful that you contacted me. Well, you're the superstar. I'm just like the little <sighs> dim, little far away, twinkling light. No, shush. shush, shush. <laughs> so let me give you a little bit of a background, um, so we can have some context for this. Uh, I produce a podcast for people with Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. Most Lyme people at some point get the idea that they need to get off sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sugar does tend to feed the bacteria as well as mess with the gut. And almost all the Lyme people have a uh, gut dysbiosis or, or something else going on as well. Yeah. Um, there are a few people and some of the, the big time names who've had Lyme disease, uh, namely Dave Asprey and mm-hmm. uh, Tim Ferriss, have both publicly stated that they used a ketogenic diet to help heal from Lyme disease. Ah. However, finding just kind of normal folks who have done it is a little bit tough. One of my patients or former patients has. So I interviewed her recently. And then I just interviewed Jimmy and Doc Nally. And publish those. And I thought I'd round out your universe, the keto universe, <gasps> with you to talk about the practical aspects of that. Because I hear so many complaints from my patients. Oh, it's so boring, blah, blah. I don't get ever get bored. But no. I'm, I'm a simple person. So I'm very yeah. easily pleased. You know, so I was looking at the, like, the, maple, the maple bacon apple cake that was <laughs> in your block. And I was like, wow, that looks really good. Maybe I will have to start getting fancy. Oh, that's too funny. That's too funny. Yeah, I've um, actually, um, I, I have a couple uh, clients of my own that have um, 
done limes to help heal and I definitely will send them to your podcast because I know that they're always looking for more information. So yeah, I have a couple in mind already. Oh, very I just cool. Have where to dig up their email addresses. Yeah. Where are you? State wise? Um, well, I'm in, um, Wisconsin. I can see Minnesota. Um, we're just right on the river. So we're more like the Minneapolis area, like, yeah, yeah. um, but, uh, we're just across the border. So we're still Packer fans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't tell you my pro football team. I've abandoned them many decades ago. Oh no. <laughs> I'm a long suffering Redskin fan. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So I, re- I remember their glory days and then it's all over. Yeah. Now th- I just put up a little story today. They were reporting in uh, the middle of Michigan that they're finding more and more deer ticks, which carry the Lyme disease. So it's really, I don't know what the awareness is up there, but it's, it's coming if it's yeah. not already there in your neck well, of the woods. I, I'm an avid bow hunter. I uh, fly fish. I live in the woods. Um, literally, we actually uh, are very deep into the woods. And I, I mean, I'll, I'll pull 16 ticks off me, you know, in a day. Um, but just uh, catching it early. I also uh, was a rock climbing guide before I was. Uh, and I can talk about this on the podcast. You want to just... Well, we're kind of going, so things are sounding pretty good, so let's just fly. Let's just keep oh, going. Oh, just keep going. Okay, well, yeah. I was um, uh, a rock climbing guide before this, and I would say that 80% of the people that I worked with, they were diagnosed with Lyme's. Um, and, yeah, it's it's very prevalent where I live. Um so I'm not a stranger to it. Um, I remember my dad had a couple scares, but, uh, you know, catching it early is really important. So, um, yeah, we're not, we're not a stranger to Lyme's disease here. That's for sure. Wow. That's, you know, it's good. It's good to hear that. And so, and how are the physicians in your area? I was reading a little bit about, again, your story on your blog and it's yeah. like you, you've not had mixed results, let's say. Um, yeah, I I personally have not had good experiences in the past with doctors. Um, just with you know, I suffered from IBS when I was younger, um, low moods, depression, if you want to call it. And their answers were, you know, let's put you on a prescription drug. Where I wanted, I wanted to fix a problem. I didn't want to put a band aid on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really hard to find a physician, but now, um, in the past few years, I've actually had physicians in the area reach out to me and do basically consultations, not necessarily for them, but more for their patients. One in particular, um, Dr. Kelly Anderson, she's uh, a local physician and she was really frustrated. She opened her own practice so she could leave the hospital. Um, because she was really sick of putting on people on prescription, um, statins and she wanted another way. And she wanted to understand why bacon and eggs weren't, (laughs) why they shouldn't be demonized, you know? And so, um, it was really cool to find a couple doctors locally that came into my office to learn, um, how to actually heal people rather than just put band-aids on them, you know? Look up their stream to actually find out what's going wrong. What, why is this happening? Rather than, 
you know, throwing them a life jacket downstream. Yeah, exactly. Now, how did you get interested in this? Was it your own personal journey or? Well, it started out that way. Um, I grew up overweight um, when I was a child and in high school. I was always a very um, strong athlete, but uh, a big athlete at that. And um, I actually remember uh, a boy singing Fat Girl in a Little Coat to me in the library. And um, (laughs) that's kind of when, what's that? Did you deck him? No, I didn't. But I did recently see him at a wedding, and I was like, "How you doing, Jerry?" Have the the you know? tables turned, perhaps. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But that's, <laughs> you know, I'm not about that. But um, at the same time, like that kind of was just eye opening to me that you know I just didn't want to live that way. And when I went to college to study nutrition and exercise science, both together. Um, they taught me the, uh, you know, the food pyramid at that time, it was a pyramid and, um, the, you know, seven to 11 grains. Um, I was running marathons at that time and I was living off of skim milk and, uh, special K. <laughs> uh, I remember my mom on the special K diet. Oh my gosh. Yep. The special K diet. I would have that twice a day with skim milk and maybe some yogurt, you know, just all of that. And it wasn't working. I was not losing weight. I was feeling awful. My IBS was terrible. My depression was there. And just learning through, um, you know, my own research that, okay, I'm going to get my degree and then I'm going to practice on my own. Um, I don't want to be a dietitian in a hospital and practice that. Um, so I basically started with my clients with low carb uh, type diet, but I always wondered why some people weren't healing. And I would tell my husband, you know, I'd lay awake at night, like, why isn't so-and-so getting better? Why aren't they getting off their you know, medications and stuff? And my husband's like, well, maybe they're not following it. And I was like, I think that they are, you know, but a chicken breast and broccoli and steamed broccoli, people are like, well, yeah, that's a really good, healthy meal, right? Yeah, but that's, exactly. not a, that's not a ketogenic meal. Low carb, I mean, we need fats. We, our cells are made up primarily of fats. They, our cellular walls, they, they need to communicate. And um, only when we fuel those cells with fat, that's when people finally started getting better and getting the connection of, I knew this, I knew about ATP. It's how you produce energy and how you can't store protein. I did learn that in school, but we never really put it into practice when it came to, um, you know, the nutritional aspects in college and, you know, realizing that some people are so metabolically damaged that they cannot go over, you know, say 20 to 30 grams of protein at a meal. Otherwise, that's going to turn into sugar and cause inflammation. And we know that inflammation is a stem of all diseases. And, you know, that's where the sugar comes into play. We all know sugar's bad, but where does sugar come from? It comes from carbohydrates. It comes from excess protein. And so what's left? That naughty F word, fat, right? (laughs) Yes, indeed. So that it was just kind of um, trial and error, you know, a decade ago, realizing that, you know, a chicken breast and broccoli, first of all, I didn't like to eat that. Um, and I no longer force myself to eat that type of stuff. Um, and, you know, the much more flavorful foods where fat comes into play, keeps you satiated, 
keeps you excited about mealtime. I mean, we love, I love food and I always will love food. And that's why I, I love this diet because I do get to be, you know, I do get to celebrate with food. And like you said, the maple bacon apple cake, um, you know, things like that, just being inventive and fun with food. Uh, you know, I, I just love that type of stuff. I have two questions bouncing around simultaneously. So maybe you can hit both of these balls if I toss them at you slowly. So um, you have written a million books and that's incredibly impressive. And then how did you get into writing cookbooks? Oh, that's actually a really um, touching story. Um, Yesterday I was on a bike ride and we stopped at the Rose Garden in Minneapolis and I told my husband, I said, that looks like Joanne. Now Joanne owned a yoga studio and wellness center and she wanted a nutritionist on staff. And this was about a decade ago when I was a rock climbing guide and she knew I had a nutrition degree. She begged me to be their nutritionist and she was the woman who changed my life. So it's kind of cool that you brought this up today. She actually encouraged me to write a cookbook because I was making all of these recipes and kind of putting them in. I would buy a three ring ring binder from my clients and make them basically, I want you to eat from this cook, this three ring binder. It was basically a cookbook that I put together for them. And she said, you know, Maria, I know that you want to adopt children and you could raise money by selling Uh. your cookbooks in my studio. And so she helped me, um, you know, encouraged me anyway, kind of shoved me in that direction of putting together my first cookbook. And it was kind of looked like a church basement type cookbook <laughs> with the binder on the outside, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. But I, my mom recently gave me a copy that she found at her house, and I was just kind of laughing at how it's all evolved from this little book and people would buy them in town to help support our adoption. And, um, then someone, uh, contacted me and said, my friend has your cookbook and I want to buy it. Could I get it on Amazon or something? And I was like, Amazon. And so then we started selling it on Amazon. And, um, and I love, like I told you, I love to cook. I love nothing more than on a rainy or a cold day to be, in my kitchen, surrounded by my kids, baking and cooking and experimenting with recipes and flavors. And um, it all just kind of, and then I was blessed to meet um, Jimmy. And then Jimmy said, I want to write a cookbook and I want you to be the recipe uh, writer. And so I did that with Jimmy and that was just an amazing journey. And um, they make the most beautiful books. If you haven't seen a victory belt, uh, cookbook, they are gorgeous. They are just, if you love to page through cookbooks and look at pictures, that's the go to a victory belt book. They're wonderful. Terrific. And which titles are the victory belt? Um, well, my books, it's the ketogenic cookbook yeah. and the quick and easy ketogenic cooking book. And then um, the 30 day keto cleanse is coming out. Um, I'm in the midst of editing that right now and that will come out in January or end of December. That's what it is. On Amazon says December 27th. There you go. Amazing. Thank you. So, What is a ketogenic cleanse? Um, well, 
I just take it to the next level. A lot of people, for me, um, for me, weight loss and healing was a slow journey. And some people are okay with that. But the majority of people that I do consults with, they want to heal faster. Well, and so, I understand. Yeah, so many diets out there are starvation. It's like, you know, lose 10 pounds in two weeks kind of thing. But a lot of people, like, that's what they want to lose weight fast. They want to feel better fast. And so this cleanse just takes it to the next level. Some, something a lot of people mistakenly do when they try ketogenic diets is they subtract um, fiber from the total carbohydrates. And I kind of explain that in the book. And with that, I eliminate all dairy and all nuts. Um, a lot of people, they way overdo the nuts, nuts, flowers, that type of thing. Um, nuts are constipating. And so that's something that a lot of people deal with when they start ketogenic diets. And so just eliminating those foods that um, are technically, you know, ketogenic, like butter is ketogenic, but dairy does cause issues for a lot of people. So I wanted something that would be like Whole30 approved. Um, you know, it, it encompasses a lot of dietary restrictions, but yet the food is amazing and flavorful and yummy. And um, I try to, I have two young children and they are busy little bees. And so quick and easy is how I roll. So I try to incorporate that with my cookbooks and um, make it as simple as possible and little tricks, how I, I deal with it with my family, how I make sure that food is <laughs> on the table when everybody's hungry and I've had a really busy day. Um, so that's, you know, I, I try to make it as simple as possible for people. Super mom. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I was, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> I try. <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll ask your husband while you're not around. I, I oh bet, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I bet he'll say yes. Oh, <laughs> now what? You know, when I talk to my so oh, here's another little thing. So there is one little phrase in one of your blog posts. Did you study Chinese medicine? Um, personally, um, no, but I am very interested in that, and I've um, I I guess I've studied other uh holistic practitioners that uh that, do that so i just kind of took um bits and pieces from them like uh i mentioned how in chinese medicine if someone's depressed they look at the liver <laughs> you know here they just say take an antidepressant and right. you know i i just would like to look at different parts of the body what causes depression what causes pms what causes migraines what causes you know rather than just you know, putting them on medication. Let's heal it. Okay. With my background, I'm an acupuncturist. Ah, that's, wonderful. That's my day job. Love it. <laughs> so I was just one. We're talking to kindred, kindred souls here. Yes, yes. absolutely. Now, what, so when I'm talking to them, that was a long way of getting into this question. When I'm talking to my patients, so many of them say, oh, but I can't live without my, and it's usually up here in central New York, it's chicken riggies or bread. Mm -hmm. People say, oh, I can, I can give up the cupcakes, I can give up the sweets, but man, I can't live without bread. And it's hard for me because I have given it up, 
and I mm-hmm. don't miss it. And I'm I'm not very sympathetic. <laughs> I know. I so know. How, th- what? How do you talk to your clients, and what do you suggest? Like transition foods, <laughs> like the well, patch. We need a patch for carbohydrates. <laughs> um, well, I, I do believe that. Um, you know, that, that's why I do create these recipes is to help people transition. So, you know, making, you know, keto bread and stuff like that. I have, I mean, we have hamburgers all the time with the keto buns and stuff like that. And just having them in the freezer for easy additions to meals and things like that. But, um, so having those favorite things offered for transitioning, like, um, people that can't say no to cake. I'm like, okay, we're going to make the flourless chocolate tort. There's five ingredients. It's easy. You're going to portion it into sizes, put it in your freezer. And if, you know, chocolate is calling your name, I want you to cheat with that because to me, it's not a cheat. You know, let's go towards that. But also there's a lot of nutritional deficiencies that cause you to crave certain things. Like if you really crave chocolate, it's most likely a magnesium deficiency. If you were if you're full and you still want something sweet after a meal, it's probably a zinc deficiency. Now, it's important to not just start adding in magnesium because you're probably going to get diarrhea. It's, pr- it's important to not just add in zinc because you're probably going to get nauseous. You want to work with someone that knows what they're doing with the proper um, magnesium glycinate and lower amounts of zinc and slowly working up to that. But um, a lot of times those cravings and things like that are, are nutritional defi- deficiencies. There's different supplements like 5-HTP that can help with a lot of uh, cravings. Um, and a lot of times you crave things that you're allergic to. So you create the, were you going to say something? No, I was saying, why do you, th- I've heard that so many times. Why do you think that is? Um, it's because you're, um, ah, you know, I knew the whole, I talked to Dr. William Davis of Wheat Belly about this, for a long time. And he talks about how, um, uh, it basically, uh, you know, I'm going to have to touch back base with him. It was probably seven years ago. I talked to him about this, but, um, how he's like those people that really crave wheat and have a hard time giving it up. Um, it's where you're producing antibodies and it's making your, uh, I don't know if it was your liver or what, what it was, but, um, kind of uh, mess with your serotonin production and cause these intense cravings. So okay. I'll have to look back on that. That Actually, that makes sense that it's that it's wired into the, the pleasure center somehow. I had a patient yeah. once who had these very strange abdominal problems and she was checked up one side down the other. It wasn't SIBO. It wasn't, you know, the, the normal things. And it, what it ended up is she had an egg allergy. Yeah, that's yeah. a, that's a common one. And she ate an egg every day and she had no other allergic symptoms. I mean, she didn't have seasonal allergies. She didn't have itchy skin, none of that stuff, but mm-hmm. she had this ongoing battle with her, uh, with her bowel. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. Like if you have indigestion or acid reflux, some people are like, Oh, it was the spicy sauce on the pizza. No, it was probably the gluten and, or maybe dairy. You know, Um, so when you cut, it's just amazing how these different food sensitivities and allergies show up in different ways. Um, They can trigger migraines. They can, you know, like I said, IBS or, um, 
you know, acid reflux, which we think is, you know, we just pop the purple pill, you know, and it's gone. Um, but no, there's, there's a lot of deep lying underlying food allergies that can show up in a variety of ways, you know? Yeah. Now you must get fan mail and have you, have you ever gotten the, the email that says this recipe changed my life and, and I want to know what it is? Uh, you know, I don't want to um, sound braggadocious, but we get... I'm, I'll, come I'll on, get, I'm setting you up. It's totally okay. <laughs> um, well, on my, if you go to my Facebook page, somebody's posting on my wall, or I have a, a, a keto-adapted Facebook page, and people are posting all the time like this. Um, what, what really touches me is when their kid loves something, and uh, it's yeah. helped them get off of like cereal and milk, because that's what... That's what was my downfall. I mean, I grew up on a bed night snack of like cocoa pebbles and skim milk, you know, like <laughs> but it's low fat. <laughs> I know, right? But you know, I I've made um, you know, the cocoa pebbles ketogenic. And so if I get a mom posting their little kid eating that, like that those are the ones that really touch me is that when a kid likes it and adopts these changes, um whether it be for seizures or neurological disorders in some way. My kids eat ketogenic. Um, they always have. Um, and so it's really touching when the whole family adopts this lifestyle. And then here's another setup question, but what do you say, <sighs> what do you say to people when they say, Oh, but you need carbohydrates for your brain function? Uh, I'll say that my grandmother has Alzheimer's because the, her doctors believe that and with Alzheimer's, your brain can no longer use glucose for energy because it's just so burnt out on that. And you could actually use something, a different fuel, and it's called ketones. You can use ketones for brain fuel, and they're a very powerful source without the side effects of glucose. Yeah, and that's one reason I'm so excited about the ketogenic diet for people with Lyme disease, especially chronic Lyme disease, one of the main uh, symptoms that shows up again and again is some sort of brain fog, or they call it Lyme yeah. brain, where serious memory problems, almost like Alzheimer's, uh, mm -hmm. although they tend to be a little bit more episodic. So somebody will be driving somewhere and all of a sudden can't remember where they're headed or why they're headed in that direction. It's just, just oh. really horrifying stories. And part of it is a impaired glucose pathway. And so if yes. you can get the ketones in there, it's a, it's much cleaner fuel. You're producing less toxins and you've got enough toxins from the Lyme disease. You don't need mm -hmm. extra toxins. And then it's just another pathway that's usually open and the ketones get right in. And then speaking of that, have you suggested any of your clients use exogenous ketones? So any of those supplements? Um, food comes first. I will say that. Um, I'll say that that's more important than anything, but when it comes to, you know, like chronic limes where there's intense pain, um, and that type of stuff, then I personally would use it if I had that, if I had a child with seizures, I would have them use it. If I had cancer, then I would use it. Um, are they helpful for weight loss? I don't believe so. I know that. Um, so but in cases where there's a lot of pain, I've seen a lot of people benefit that way, um, you know, with like chronic limes and things like that. So I will say food comes first. It always will. Um, but yeah, 
I think it's important um, to know that if you need extra help, they can help. Yeah. Yeah, and and I don't know this for a fact, but the infection can knock you out of ketosis. So that might be a case where you do need to take something from the right. outside in order to to keep that uh, pathway open. Rather than, I mean, if you don't have the ketones in you, then your brain will surely crave sugar like crazy. So. Yeah, it's just a lot of people are looking for a weight loss fix, and I'm like, well, let's let's do it this way first. <laughs> <laughs> but that's work. Just give me a pill. I know. And, I know. And, and, but that work, I mean, I think that sometimes we need something to work towards to keep our moods up. You know, there's a lot of depression with limes and, you know, keeping your moods up and working towards something. Like when I, I mean, going through it myself, like I'm happiest when, first of all, I'm helping others or um, working towards a goal or making something, making a project you know, so w- when you're, you know, in transition, it's it's not necessarily, you know, don't look at of it as a chore. Look of it as like, you know, a therapeutic. Like a lot of people go to a therapist to talk through their problems, but your kitchen could be a therapist too. Like if you just zen out and um, turn some good music on, and just know that you're fueling your body and. Uh, healing your body. I mean, there's a lot of power that goes behind that too, mentally. There certainly is. And now here's a little bit of an unfair question because as a busy mom, you may not have thought this out yet, but what's for dinner tonight? <laughs> what's for dinner tonight? <laughs> so and I'm going to tell and can you. can I come over? <laughs> absolutely. I'm going to tell you that I have, a, I'm going to start by saying my mom is amazing and I love her dearly. But I do remember when I was a child, um, we would come home and she would almost be a whole different woman. I don't know what we're having for dinner. I just, I just don't know. And she would, I could feel her anxiety as a young child. And I think that we all often learn from our parents' mistakes or downfalls. And so I learned from her. So my trick is to everyone is to invest in a really good slow cooker. And I have an awesome husband who helps me clean up dinner and so when he's cleaning up, I actually prepare dinner for the next night. So ah. I always know what's what's for dinner the next night. Um, and so, you know, whether it be a roast in the slow cooker or, um, you know, whatever you really like, there's, I mean, there's a million recipes. I actually have a slow cooker cookbook out there. Um, and I'll often have a main dish, a side dish, and a dessert. I have three slow cookers. Yes, I do. And so then when... It's like our house. Get, <laughs> you know, and I, I actually use those in the summer. I don't use them in the winter because I actually like to cook in the winter. Um, but in the summer, like you know, I like to be on my bicycle if it's sunny out or kayak. And so when I come home, um, dinner's all ready and prepped for me. Tonight we are having um, sauerkraut and uh, homemade bratwurst just because um, we had those uh, ready to be boiled and we have a grill, so an indoor grill. So even if it is raining, we grill a lot indoors. And then we ferment sauerkraut. So we're, we're, we're doing, um, that's kind of like our main dish for tonight. Do you put anything special in your sauerkraut? No sugar, that's for sure. <laughs> um, Any spice-wise, do you do mustard or and garlic? Oh, or what do you do? Yeah, 
I I don't. Um, I'm kind of a purist. I don't do a lot of garlic, but I I do love mustard. And um, you know, if you have a hard time digesting cabbage, um, coriander seeds help a lot with um, breaking down that enzyme that causes you to have gas. <laughs> okay. There you go. The one-two punch. <laughs> yep. Cleans up afterwards. Yeah. Do you know? Uh, I'm blanking on her name right now, but her little company is called CrowdSource. Are you familiar with that little gadget? No, I'm not. You should look her up. She's a sweetheart. She's out on the West Coast, and she's developed this mason jar uh, top. That's a really nice piece of equipment that makes uh, fermenting so simple. Oh yeah. It's, I should um, look that up. Yeah, it's stainless steel. It's got spring-loaded, so it keeps everything below the brine level, and it's it's super easy. And then you just take it off and put a regular lid on it and move it on to the next project. Awesome. So that's it's a, that's a cool little tip. <laughs> yeah, that is. Good for her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He has a beautiful website. She's a wonderful photographer as well. Cool. Um. Okay. Now, back to back to ketosis and back to cooking and oh actually we're gonna get sidetracked here and my audience throws rotten eggs at me well i oh I, I <laughs> so you talked about dessert now here's here's it's a long setup here my it's crazy my youngest daughter has a boyfriend and he's thai his parents moved over from thailand and mm -hmm. he went back home uh, a year ago and traveled and over there they're making ice cream in front of you and okay. he brought it back and he's doing like a farmer's market business right now and what it is is it's just a little bit of light cream with mm -hmm. a little bit of sugar and they put it on this pan that's super cold it's like negative 10 degrees and then oh, he chops cool. up, he chops up different ingredients to put it in and spreads flavorings on it. They all have sugar in it, of course, but yeah. that's what people do. So yeah. I'm, I'm trying to encourage him to do a, a no sugar version of things. The problem yeah. is, however, without the sugar in the cream, it doesn't roll up. So it's spread really thin. And then he uses like a food grade spatula and scrapes it and it rolls it into this lovely little ice cream roll. And, oh. and we've tried heavy cream, we've tried light cream, I tried putting stevia in it last night, and nothing we can get gets the little sticky consistency to turn it into a roll. Can we try egg yolks? Do you have any suggestions? <laughs> um, have you tried Swerve? No. What's that? Um, Swerve is a, an erythritol blend. And that actually helps harden that ice cream. Okay. So I'm wondering if you need something like that to harden it. I mean, I always add yolks to my ice cream. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I would say maybe if, I don't know if you'd be interested in this, but making just some ice pops and using heavy cream and maybe some stevia or something. And then he could have ice pops available for those people that didn't want the sugar option. Sure, it's not going to be the cute you know, throwing it on there and rolling it up and things like that. But if someone did want to have, you know, an ice pop at the farmer's market, a sugar-free one, that would definitely, that's the thing when people are like, oh, I don't have an ice cream maker. I was like, well, just throw the the mixture into an, a popsicle mold. That's what we do. We make push pops and popsicles. That's what my freezer's full of because <laughs> when we when we go on bike, bike rides, we yeah. all have a push pop and, um, you know, we're all rolling down the street with our push pops. <laughs> nice. All right, I'll I'll try those different things. 
for sure. I'll let you and I'll send awesome. you a little email and let you know how it goes. Perfect. Especially if it ever gets uh, actually works because it's a it's a cool little thing. Yeah. Now, I mean, for and let's talk about breakfast as well. That's people do okay with lunch. It's kind of like you have a salad for lunch, but breakfast because. You know, it's pancakes, it's waffles, it's muffins, it's English muffins, it's toast. You know, and, and, and like I said, I've, I've switched over to doing, well, it's not really a bulletproof coffee, but I put butter in my coffee every morning. And uh-huh. that, that keeps me going unless I'm mm-hmm. around a refrigerator, really all the way to dinner. I, yeah. I'm, I'm not hungry. My brain doesn't go wonky. I'm fine. You know, the only, it's only like the, the, well, there's an African saying, hunger's in the tooth. It's only seeing the food that makes me, that makes yes. me hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not actually hungry. <laughs> yeah. I know. I tell people all the time, is it habit or is it hunger? Oh, man. That's totally habit. It's like looking yeah. in the room. I grew up with a bed night snack. That was the hardest habit for me to break. <laughs> and now do you, do you eat after? Dinner no, now or do you, do you stop? Uh, no, especially with the ketogenic lifestyle. Intermittent fasting is almost a natural side effect. Like you said, you don't get hungry until dinner. Um, and that's the thing, like I call it breakfast because you're still breaking your fast, but breakfast can be at noon. That's okay. Um, and you know, I have the minute English muffin and the quick and easy book, uh, minute muffins, um, you know, all of that type of stuff. So if you're still craving pancakes and stuff, there's ketogenic pancakes out there. Um, I remember we were at my parents' cabin and um, I was making the pancakes my way and I wasn't even going to bring it up, nothing, just act like normal and stuff. So I'm making the pancakes and my mom says to my little five-year-old niece, I don't know if you're going to like them because they're healthy. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, now you ruined it. You know, you can't lead with that. Just don't even bring it up. Don't say anything about it. Just serve it and see what happens, right? Absolutely. So this sounds like part of it is you do need to spend a day cooking or half a day cooking to prepare. So you have a freezer full or refrigerator full of stuff. Uh, you can grab no am i wrong tell me yeah, i'm wrong it, it helps but you know like i said you know you could easily do a minute muffin and fry an egg and have a little um what what are those called mcmuffins or whatever yeah um that type of stuff and you not, could make not that a i've ever of, been through the drive through <laughs> yeah, um but you could do uh like maybe five minute muffins so there's five minutes make your fried eggs and put five of them together for the week and Keep them in the fridge and just take one with you. And then when you're hungry at work, have that, you know. So what's a it minute muffin? Uh, it's in that quick and easy book. It's just like an English muffin that you make in a minute. It's like my my brain's, so, my brain's tilting. It's like, that's not possible. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to use, a, you know, I'm not saying a microwave is, you know, most people, the majority of people I work with feel comfortable using a microwave. So yes. you can make it in a minute in a microwave, or you could do it like I do in a toaster oven. Uh-huh. Um, and then you don't heat the whole house up. It only takes a few minutes to make that. Um, and then you could make five of them at a time in the toaster oven. And then just, you know, again, wrap them up in some uh, parchment paper, and then you just grab one on your way to work. Cool. Now, since we mentioned this, what, what is your thought on microwaving? Um, I guess I would invest in like a toaster oven instead. Okay. Um, 
but I guess I'm competing against people that are eating egg McMuffins. And so I would rather have them use the microwave than eat an egg McMuffin. So does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. So uh, baby steps. Baby steps. Absolutely. Baby steps. Yeah. yeah. And then here's another kind of weird one in that, in that direction too. Do your, do you run across people with EMF sensitivities in your, in your client base? Do you deal with that at all? Uh, That's kind of out of left field. So. No, um, I guess, no, the majority of people that I work with, I would say, um, 80 to 90% are weight loss is the main thing. And Uh then depression is a big one. Fertility is a big one. Um, you know, uh, it could be all kinds of things. What, what do you think is going on with fertility? Do you think it's like, I mean, Lyme disease, I describe as kind of like a perfect storm. There are all these intersecting forces, you know, kind of out there in nature, out there in industrial agriculture and so forth and so on. And, and, and the lack of care that we're getting from, from the doctors and the organizations, it's, is fertility one of those deals too, where there are just so many factors there are, but there's a lot of different types of fertility issues. I myself had PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is basically a type of diabetes where I was so sensitive to carbohydrates, where I had this um, estrogen dominance going on. And a lot of people do, like you said, it's kind of like this huge pathway where estrogen dominance can happen in men too, like prostate cancer. That's an estrogen cancer, thyroid cancer, um, uterine cancer, ovarian cancer. Those are all estrogen dominant cancers. And where do we get this estrogen? Um, it comes from, uh, excess carbohydrates. It comes, you know, cause insulin is that master hormone that, um, causes that like men with big, you know, beer bellies. It's not a beer belly. It's an estrogen belly just like, a, you know, that women suffer from. Um, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but uh, fertility, it could be, you know, like PCOS, like a, di- a diabetes. That's where you might have dark facial hair. Um, your menstrual cycle is either gone or very sporadic. Um, then there's other, um, like endometriosis. Um, there's all different, and it's you know, a lot of it is food related. A lot of it is that estrogen dominance, but it's not just food related. It's the chemicals we're putting on our skin. Um, they're looking at like even teenage girls who stop using, um, this toxic makeup for three days and their estrogen levels plummet by 58%. Oh, you're kidding me. In three days. And so we go to Target and we buy makeup and we buy sunscreen and we buy Jergens natural glow that for that fake tanning stuff. And then we get dryer sheets for the dryer. Like those are all estrogenic obesogens. And I know that I used to listen to people talking about this on podcasts and my eyes would glaze over because I'm like, this is too much. But knowledge is power. And when you get rid of all that stuff in your life, first of all, it's going to save you a ton of money. But you feel so much better and cleaner and um, just more free, you know? Yeah, see, that's the crazy thing, too. So, again, one of the things with Lyme disease is there's so much toxicity caused by the bacteria itself and, and, you know, the gut dysbiosis and the different bacteria, they're dying off. And so your body's overwhelmed. And then we're surrounded by these invisible toxins. Yeah. And so I think weight is one of the canaries in the coal mine. I think 
Lyme disease and these other stealth infections are similar because all of a sudden where you, you could handle the little bit of mold that is in yes. your house. Now all of a sudden it's driving yep. you nuts or making you fat or, or yes. you're losing your mind. And the same thing with toxins in food, uh, the toxicity from medications. Oh, but even like, makeups. I, yeah, I love to, like I told you, I love to go on really long bike rides. I have to bike through a golf course to get to this beautiful country road to ride bike on. And I hate riding bike through this golf course because, um, I've had friends stop golfing because it is so filled with toxic estrogenic chemicals. Wow. The fertilizer they use, it's unbelievable. The amount of chemicals they dump onto the, the golf courses around here. Yeah. And you can smell it when you go by. Can't oh, you, you can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's just one way we are exposed to these obesogens and, um, estrogenic factors that, they've really changed a lot of, of how our body functions. It really, they really do. Yeah. And so where did you learn about this and where can people find out more? Cause this, I know that's out there and it's not my, it's not in my wheelhouse. That's not okay. the, the topic I'm really up on. Um, well, I write about it on my blog. If you perfect, <laughs> I write a lot of, yeah. If you search obesogens, um, I write all about that and then how to, replace like homemade dryer sheets you can buy these dryer balls from uh amazon or wherever really on the cheap and you throw say six of them in your dryer and then you put whether it be essential oils on them or if you want just a plain you don't want to you know those smells kind of get overwhelming to people that have limes or have adrenal fatigue you know smells really bother them um so you don't have to use anything, but if you wanted to use some sort of essential oils, you know, you could do something like that. But, you know, all of those little things that we've replaced in our life, um, that you think are innocent and the commercials on TV say that you as a consumer need to buy X, Y, and Z, you really don't. <laughs> right. you don't. I mean, what, what do we do without dryer sheets? My goodness. Uh, things smelled like sunshine in the outdoors. I know, right? Yeah. That's what my mom did. That they were hanging on the clothesline. Exactly. But but now you know, with all the people that live in communities where you can't even have a clothesline, I think that's. Oh, don't don't get me started. Uh, I know, right? That's why I live in the woods. I told you. <laughs> We've been talking about your website a little bit. Why don't you give people the contact information, how they can find you, oh, get yeah. hold of you. I should tell you buy all of your books. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm, uh, I'm just grateful. If you check out my blog, that's Maria mindbodyhealth.com. Um, over, I don't know, a thousand free recipes just on there alone. Um, but you know, like if you're looking for the whole shebang with meal planning and dairy free meal planning and that type of stuff, those books are great resources and you know, they're on sale now for about 20 bucks. Um, but you know, if they're not paying you enough, <laughs> uh, they're, yeah, they're on sale. So, you know, <laughs> get, get them while they're hot. Okay. Um, but no, I'm so grateful because this has helped, you know, it's just, when I look at that first cookbook with that helped us adopt, not just one, but two children from, uh, Ethiopia, um, they are now five and seven and, um, it's just really cool how a community has gotten together and helped us be able to do that, but not only do that, but we now are able to stay home and homeschool them and, um, 
you know, teach that way, which is really cool. So I thank you. I want to thank you for having me on your show and thank everybody for supporting Craig and I, that's my husband with our little business and cookbooks and all of that, because I feel like I am the crazy lady sometimes <laughs> when I go to family functions and stuff, but I know. I, they know that I'm happy Maria now and it's all good. And that's just the way we live. And if they don't judge me, I won't judge them for their um, lifestyle. And, you know, that's how it rolls. One last, one last story. Cause um, I'm in your shoes. I, oh, okay. I, I grew up in Washington DC in this transitional neighborhood. That's a, that's a nice way of saying a not so nice neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, at the time it's, it's Adams Morgan. It's not Adams Morgan now. And, uh, there's some really expensive homes there. Uh, it wasn't the case when, when we lived there and down the street, kind of down Columbia road, uh, a health food store opened and my mother used to drag us down to the health food store. The only thing I would eat out of the health food store was somewhere they got real New York bagels that were absolutely <laughs> wonderful. And I used to turn as, as a little six, seven year old used to laugh at the people going in there to get all the health food. And I yeah. have turned into <laughs> that person. Yes. That person. I totally am. <laughs> That's so funny. That the, is funny. The circle comes comes all the way around. The wheel spins all the way around. So what I have yeah. mocked, I have become. So I have great sympathy for people who laugh at me. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's like some people will comment. They're like, how can you not judge so-and-so for, you know, what they have in their cart? It's like, because I was there. Yeah. I was there. That was me. And I'm not about to judge anybody for that. And you cannot, like you said, some people that, I can't give up my bread. I can't give up this or that. People have paid for consultations for me to do with their sister or best friend. Or um, I've worked with teenagers, their parents, you know, paid for me to work with them. And I say, don't waste your money because that it's like helping an alcoholic that doesn't want to help want help because they, they need to want it. They need to want it and they need to do it. And when they do, you know, it's, they're going to feel great. And that's why, the whole book, the 30 day keto cleanse, like my goal is for you to invest in 30 days. And then if you want to quit, you can, but you know what? You're going to feel so darn good that you're not going to want to quit. And you're going to like the food so much that you're not going to, that's what my goal is, is that, you know, we all like short-term goals. And so, you know, making the, you know, a 30 day is a goal, but then you feel so much better you know, you feel your brain fog is gone. The chronic pain is gone. Your energy is there because ketones are so awesome for energy and your mood that you don't want to give up anymore. You don't want to give up. You don't want to go back to that old life. And that few minutes of chewing bread versus a full day of feeling fantastic and no pain. Um, I, I worked at an adult uh, or at a uh, um, nursing home when I was in high school. And I asked this man who I adored, what's the secret to a happy life? And he said, take care of your back. And I said, <laughs> is that a metaphor for something? And he said, no, if you are in pain, everything in your life is going to suffer because that's all you think about. You can't focus on your kids. You can't focus on work. It's always there. And so why would you want to live in that chronic state of pain just for a couple, like five, 10 minutes of a bagel, you know? 
Amen. Yeah. And usually, here's here's the other thing. What because uh, you do cheat. I do cheat from time to time. If unless I make it myself, it also tends to be very disappointing. Oh, absolutely. The quality of the food out there in general isn't that good. And no, so there's it's nothing not. worse for biting into a stale cookie, piece of cake, donut, whatever it is that's seduced me at the moment. And yes. you're eating it and you're just thinking, oh, man, that was totally the wrong decision. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, you know, like on date night, we'll go to a restaurant that definitely is, uh, we order ketogenically. And um, so disappointing, like, the steak is not good. The burgers aren't good. Like whatever it is, it's like, oh man, I could have made this way better at home. <laughs> but it's more about the ambiance and the and date night. Yeah, yes. yeah. Beautiful, Maria. Thank you so much. It's been a oh. pleasure. It was really fun. I hope everybody doesn't think I'm just a wackadoo because I am. Um, I mean, I've been, I've been there. So. <laughs> But you're you're a lovely high energy wackadoo. So <laughs> how can you ah, not? You how can they not love you? I'm okay with being a wackadoo, I guess. If yeah. it, you know, like that's just you know society's norm is not the way I run. So <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Now mm. uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna have to find a way to get on one of these low carb cruises or something, or where you are and, and meet all you guys. Cause it's such a wonderful community. And, Oh, it is. You know, it is. Just, the next thing is low carb Breckenridge. That's, that's where I'll be speaking next. That's in February. And where is, excuse my geographical ignorance, Colorado, Colorado, Colorado. So if you would like to ski snowboard, come out and join us there. Okay. And then after that, are you booked? Uh, nope, I am not. I did the low carb cruise and I, like I told you, I like to live in the woods and man, there's a lot of people on a cruise ship. Whoa! <laughs> Small spaces, huh? <laughs> yeah. Jimmy knows, Jimmy knows I love them dearly, but, but not that Jimmy, much. <laughs> well, him and Christine love those cruises. That's, you know, that's fantastic. For but them, yeah. I'm just a quiet little mouse here. <laughs> Country mouse. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you so much. And you have a great evening. Thanks, Maria. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, you called her super mom in the interview. <laughs> I did, and, didn't I? Yeah, you did. And I think it's really fitting because she just had some great practical advice for going about making a, a how to follow the ketogenic diet so are, and are, are be successful, you, you know? Are you inspired to try a ketogenic diet? I've been trying to get you on one for a I couple know. months now. <laughs> I am, actually. I am. You are what? inspired to try it to be able to okay so i really liked her suggestion of just making something in the in the slow cooker mm -hmm. to have to be ready for either the rest of the week or for well for me it would be the rest of the week since it's just me but uh for to make food for the next day yeah and just not have to think about it right i think so i mean that's a big part of it is if you're kind of just floating along in the normal food stream the food out there is not ketogenic by any stretch of the imagination so it makes it difficult to eat however with a little preparation or a lot of preparation in some cases then it's not so tough mm -hmm. 
Your mother and your twin sister were eating ice cream on the sofa this evening. I had, oh, were they now? I had to go do something else. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you, sound, <laughs> you sound really broken up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Gabrielle had made something ketogenic just earlier, didn't she? Yeah, a couple of days ago, she made this wonderful ketogenic uh, chicken kind of bread roll thing without real bread. It was like a cheese bread kind of thing. It was from Maria Emmerich's website and it was just absolutely delicious. It was really terrific. I found that if I don't keep my carbs very low, A, I, my blood sugar goes up. I gain weight very quickly. And then my mental capacity just goes through the tank. It just, I get brain fog very easily that way. So I find if I'm on a ketogenic diet, I'm just functioning much better. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. you could try it too for all your little health issues. I know, I know, I know. Okay. Meanwhile, back at Lime Ninja Radio, if you do like Lime Ninja Radio, click on over to our website and say hello. There's a section, yeah, just below. If you scroll down a little bit, you'll see the Facebook like and the little section there. Just say hello, leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, and thank you to Marlena, who says, Hey, McKay, I really look forward to all Lime Ninja info. It's not so lonely when you have the Ninja family around. I'm getting the ketogenic diet for my daughter. Which one do you recommend? Thanks for all that you do. And I recommend Jimmy Moore's book, Keto Clarity. And we interviewed him on episode 101. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. And he's also... Maria Emmerich's co-author of the ketogenic cookbook. So Jimmy Moore is just a wonderful resource, full of common sense advice. And the guy has a heart of gold and uh, is just one of the truly good people out there. So I recommend Jimmy Moore's book. And when Maria's book, Keto Cleanse, comes out, that also sounds like it's going to be a great resource for getting started on a ketogenic lifestyle. And we'll put that link in the show notes also. So just head on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com and you'll see uh, the link for Maria's interview. You'll also see uh, the picture of Jimmy Moore if you scroll down and see that one and you'll find all the links there. All right, Aurora, thank you. And also, Marlena, thank you for leaving a comment. And last, as you longtime Lime Ninjas know, we love our alliteration on this show, this podcast could not be complete unless we left you with the Lime Ninja fact of the day. Did you know gum won't stick to a ninja's shoe? Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.